This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello there and welcome to this week's episode of the MK1 Podcast. Uh, I'm Joe Freese, and today I'm being joined by very tired Liam Connolly. Liam, how are you doing? Yeah, as you mentioned, mate, a bit knackered. Just back from Manchester about two hours ago. So, yeah, I mean, funny enough, I should say that there actually because it's a City Arsenal game tonight. But um, here we are chatting about um, a certain team from Milton Keynes who uh, are doing their very hardest to uh, stay in this relegation fight, aren't they? Absolutely. And I think the, the man you were with last night, um, Sean Gota, doing an event, I believe. Um, I think we could maybe do someone like him up front, uh, especially after Saturday's show, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Yeah, he scored like ridiculous amount of goals to City. He thinks 100 plus. And uh, yeah, I mean, him, listen to him chatting about how many goals to get with this Man City team now. I think he'd get a, quite a few in this Don's team as well for the creativity he was there. Uh, yeah, one of the um, the um, the early City legends, I guess, if you can call him, uh, call him that. Well, yeah, I think he definitely can for sure. Absolutely. Um, but, um, well, before we get stuck into the weekend's events, um, we saw today some sad news from our fellow podcast hosts um, of, of, for, the, for the Dons, the sit-down all-steery club. Tony and uh, John are hanging up their metaphorical microphones. Um, of course, Albie and uh, Dickie Don, they also <clears throat> were contributors over the years. So, um, yeah, I think it's only right we say, um, you know, I think it's really good that we have a, a wide range of content for the fan base to enjoy um i'm sorry if you did listen to them because you're now stuck with us um, <laughs> uh, but yeah liam i'm sure you can join me and just wishing them well and um you know thanking them for the audio i mean they've been going much longer than we have um so yeah it's a real good stint and um i think they'll be sorely missed yeah absolutely i mean obviously you know it was never a case of like it was us against them it was always a collective effort as Dre mentioned in terms of growing a don's fan base and growing those podcasts and ultimately they as you mentioned they were there before us so yeah, the fact that they're here, they're splitting up after this season is a shame. Um, definitely offered an alternative angle to Don's that we we all enjoyed. We enjoyed listening to, especially when it came to, of course, like interviewing like um, managers, players, etc., uh, former players also. So, yeah, it's a shame. Um, but obviously, wish them well, and uh, and then they make they make them back one day. Who knows? Absolutely, and so uh, hopefully we can fill the void and keep the um, keep keep it running. Um, but I think I don't think we can avoid it anymore. I think we're going to have to be. Uh, talking about the game from Saturday. Um, a long trip up to Fleetwood. Um, much, much better conditions than it was last time, uh, given the Tuesday night game that was played effectively on 
you know, I think the, the ocean came inland a few a few uh, miles because the uh, the pitch last time was absolutely horrific. But um, you know, fairly nice conditions. And do you know what? I think first half now we were actually quite good. We were quite good at pretty much everything apart from making a decision when it came to the last twenty yards on the pitch. Um, <clears throat> the midfield and defence quite often. I felt anyway engineered situations where we were having a three on three or even a three on two at times um, with Kai Kaileko and Isa all bearing down on goal. Um, but whether there would be um, a bit of selfishness, uh, the wrong pass made, uh, the offside, an offside from a run being timed wrong, or just straight up just, you know, making wrong decisions. I think, um, you know, that really hamstrung us. And then Fleetwood then struck just before half time, really, which is quite a killer blow, wasn't it, Liam? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I seen the goal back um, the other day. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Really, I was. It's a long ball up to um, one of the Fleetwood players, knocks it on. Uh, obviously, a few of the Don's players trying to chase him down. He gets flicked over their heads, and then to be fair, it's 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 a, it's a fairly tidy finish off the bar into the bottom corner. But you just feel like I, I think that the, you know, also the defense would do more, couldn't you? But I suppose in the same breath, it, it's wasted chances earlier in the game where, as you mentioned, you know the, the Leco chance across goal we could have passed to Isa. Um, and there's a couple of chances also in that first half where, yeah, it was only one shot on target um, for that first half. But ultimately, it was at least two pretty clear-cut chances where if you score that goal, you take the initiative and you you more than likely at least get a point. But to not get anything from that game, in a game that we labelled, you know, must not lose, um, is a pretty tough one to take. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, the, it's the case as well that maybe we did see earlier in the season where, you know, we we Fleetwood did start the better team, but then we got a foothold in the game, and then they just sort of they had most of it for the second um, half and the first half, got their goal ultimately when they were on top, and then they started the second half much better as well. And I think a theme of our season so far, especially in the last sort of six to twelve weeks, has been getting into good, uh, getting ourselves into good positions and either throwing them away or giving ourselves half a game to actually get back into the game and almost get our heads up and stop moping. And I think at this time of the season, Liam, I think there's something that that's something that we just need to just get over get out of our systems and almost get over ourselves and just just, you know, fight fight almost it, I guess you could call it. Yeah, it, it's a, it's gonna be a constant theme of young teams like morale and just surrounding them with positivity, not being too negative, but you know, like as as of also younger players, that they're, they're going to be on their phones, they're going to be on social media, checking league tables, things like that, and they're going to see where we are in the league and not ultimately be happy with where we are. Um, and that's going to reflect their performances. They're going to doubt themselves, and ultimately, it's down to the coaches and in many ways themselves to pick themselves back up and actually go again. And obviously, we had that run where we were playing poorer teams in the league. Where, of course, yes, you could say we're playing teams either worse than us or equally as bad as us, um, and getting results, but. We always said towards the end of the season, we're playing teams now that are actually quite good. And yes, I'd say Fleetwood are a fairly decent team and probably should have scored more than one goal definitely at the weekend. But yeah, you, you have to pick yourselves up. It has to be done. And with all we can, all Jacko can say to them is you know, give them the game plan that you want and just give them that morale boost that they're going to need because ultimately these two games coming up that we'll talk about later, absolutely, well, they're they're, they're season-defining, they're potentially club-defining in terms of future seasons, tend to players you can bring in and potential players that are going to be here next season. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's slightly worrying, to be honest. I mean, 
as you say, we we've won three games against teams above fifteenth, and those are Bristol Rovers, Charlton, and Portsmouth. The games we have coming up are Barnsley in fourth and Burton Albion in sixteenth. Do you think that the fact that we are so comprehensively and regularly not competing with these teams further up the table, do you think that's maybe the mindset or as as we touched on, you know, we're so often our heads do drop and the confidence seems to seep out the players and, you know, maybe that's contributed to by a young squad. Or do you think it's just that other teams are better than us? Or, or is it a combination of the two? I think other teams are better than us in terms of the consistency of the quality that they show. I think you, you can see from the Fleetwood game how, like, one little mistake just gets blown up into this massive... You know, almost goals got opportunity for Jaden Stockley from Dawson Devoy just because purely the fact that one Jamie Cummings played a pretty vulnerable pass into a young lad who is not used to playing the pivot, but at the same time Dawson Devoy's had a pretty tough year personally in terms of his time at Milton Keynes, still trying to adjust to English football coming from Ireland, and ultimately, whilst yes, other League of Ireland players are playing well and scoring goals, um, not everyone, not everyone in that league is going to make that transition over that nicely, so. Yes, and of course, there's players who are in that squad from last season, this season, of course. You know, you look at Tanai Watson, Jamie Cumming, because um, Warner Horror came back on Saturday, which is nice to see. But ultimately, players in that squad are going to be um, players in that squad are going to be ultimately leveled up because of the quality around them. We've mentioned countless, countless times how many, how many, how good people like Scott Twine and Harry Darling are. And honestly, those players are going to elevate other players that are potentially a bit more average in the squad. So there's, I mean, it's also an argument to say that whilst there's a lack of consistency in the quality, you could also argue is there actually that much quality there anyway? Because some of these players, not mentioned the ones that I've just mentioned there in terms of former um, t- players in the team last season, but they're ultimately having to step up a bit more. And as I mentioned with that mo, that mo and um, goals per game ratio, and I'm sure his offsides per ratio in terms of per game is going up also. But he's having to step up a bit more than he wanted to. And he's either not used to it or he just can't keep that consistency up. And that's just reflected in the results uh, and, and the position we are in the league this season. And obviously, yeah, and we've mentioned so many times about recruitment, about how obviously the quality wasn't brought in. Everyone knows that. We've, it's the 20th time I've mentioned it. But oh, all, all you can do is just hope that they can find the quality of two games and beat a Barnsley team who... No, have nothing to play for, quote unquote, and and the same for Burton. But I don't personally believe that nothing to play for mantra, um, and I don't think they will either. Well, I mean, you mentioned there about Mo, and I think this comes nicely on to the next point I wanted to make, which was, you know, about these missed chances early on, because I think the team was set up in a way which allowed us to counterattack, and we did that four or five times. We were, we were in, and. I'm just looking here at some of the stats. Jonathan Lecco, he, he completed six passes in the game. He, he came off at the 60th minute, I'd like to add, so he's not, not 90 minutes, but he, he completed six passes and he only attempted seven. Now, in terms of how many times he missed the ball, um, how, how many times he lost the ball, I can't actually find that at the moment. Um, yeah, 24 eight, eight, touches. Eight times, eight times. Yeah, so he lost, the, he lost the ball more times than he completed a pass. And, you know, he got three shots off, fair enough. But as you said, you know, so often I feel in the in the, in, in, in the final third, the wrong decision was made. I come on to Kai Kai. 
Um, Kaikai attempted seven crosses and only one of them actually made contact with a Dons player. Um, and some of them would have been from corners as well. Um, again, Kaikai was a lot more um, involved in build-up, etc. Um, but it's just, I think it just goes to show that actually there was a few times where Isa was through and Leka or Kaikai had the ball. And I know that I know that we, you know, we make a joke about Isa always being offside. He gets played the ball so bloody late all the time. You know, he's making the run. And I think back to, do you remember Cheltenham uh, at home towards the end of last season? And one of my favourite goals from that season was Harry Darling. He didn't even like look up. He just played a long ball forward. And he knew that Mo was already running through for it. And Mo was like, you know, five yards clear because he, he's got, he's not like, you know, rapid, like, but he's, he's, he's got pace. And so often, I think Mo, Mo must have been getting frustrated because he, he was frustrated as hell when he came off. And I, I like that because it shows he actually gives it that. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, McEachran needs to be fizzing balls in earlier to him because how many goals away from home last season did we see from Mo Issa where he went through one-on-one and he finishes it? And look, yeah, there's been chances he's missed this season, but every, every, show me chances that Johnson Clark Harris has missed or you know, Aaron Collins or Connor Chaplin, every single striker misses chances, especially at this level. And I think that a lot of what Mo was doing, even to be in those positions, wasn't all that wrong. And like you said, he was perf- positioned perfectly for that Lecco chance. So yeah. I guess, it, you know, as we say, it could be decision-making in the final third. It could be, you know, the actual final product. Um, and and then and then maybe you know even just a bit of greediness or just wanting, or, or, or I mean, how much could you contribute to the fact that I mean I think those front three have played less than sort of six times together. So do, do they even know each other's game really? Yeah, I mean, we saw Kai Kai drop back so much, and especially the first half in particular, his heat maps all over the place. So he wasn't whilst it was a a front three, Kai Kai was basically playing as a ten because. He had to, to try and get the actually did that fun, try and convert that final third situation. Go so you're basically having a front two of Isa and Lecco, who, as you mentioned, combined touched the ball 44 times, completed 11 passes between them. Um, okay, Mo had a key pass, but you know if if, yeah, if, if Lecco looks up and, and sees Mo, it's probably one nil, right? And it's it's just really frustrating. And you probably are right. There's a bit of chemistry needed there, and we don't have we don't have time on our hands to build that chemistry. Um, yeah. It is just really frustrating. Yeah, and I think the, th- the thing is because I don't blame Jackson as such for that defeat, and because he put the players in a situation where they, you know, he can't he can't orchestrate every single possible situation that will arise in an attack, and but he's put the framework in place where we're a- we're constantly causing problems for Fleetwood. And we're constantly getting in behind. And that that was what was, you know, both pleasing and annoying to see because we just didn't... T- the, the players are given that licence almost and the, they just didn't take advantage of it. Um, but, I mean, of course, you know, we did concede a goal and we conceded as well on uh, Tuesday against Charlton. And after a run of clean sheets, I think there was one kind of area of the pitch where both goals really may have came from and where quite a few problems came from all day and I, I, I really you know hate to say this and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to be hated by the majority of MK Dons fans Dean Lewington hasn't been very good for the last week or two you know maybe two or three games 
I think he's struggling a little bit. Um, that promise on Machere, he kind of just goes past him like he's not there. And I don't think Jules is even in shot at that point. I'm not I'm not going to criticise Jules too much on that because, you know, a lot of the play meant a lot of the reason why we were getting in behind was because the wing-backs were pushing. So I'm not, not too going to, you know, make too big of a deal out of that. But I think there may have been a... I think people may be targeting him, Liam. And, I mean, with Raksaki and then Omachere basically being the opposition's best two players and they both happen to be the right wingers, do you envisage, envisage this potentially being a problem in the upcoming games? Well, absolutely. Um, and I know you don't want to blame Jules, but ultimately he is so attacking at wing-back that it is leaving Dean exposed, ultimately. And that, and I understand he's not, listen, he's <laughs> well, I mean, he's basically 39 now, isn't he? I think he's coming up to 39 this year. So he, is, he isn't, he isn't going to have the the pace or the you know, the versatility that he had previously. So he needs to have that sort of support in the middle of the park. And the fact that McCarrick and Magoma are, whilst they are sitting midfielders, they're also quite advanced at the same time. So not only is Zach Jules bobbing at the field to try and create support for uh, McCarrick and Magoma, you've also got the two mentioned just there pushing more forward to try and support the, the front three also. So, you're basically leaving Dean Lewinson on an isolated sort of island on his own. Yeah, against, as I mentioned, against the likes of Raksaki and God knows who else. Um, and, you know, Barnsley aren't my fits. I think they're going to figure that out fairly soon. And um, Burton, as we know, are one of the most attacking teams in the league and they'll figure that out also. So it's, I think it's a slight tweak in how we set up. And do we change the back five? I don't know. But the thing is, I think our, you could argue that despite the lack of clean sheets, our biggest strength of depth right now is centre-back position. So dropping a potential centre-back to accommodate an Evan midfielder potentially, don't know if that helps us at all, but I suppose it depends on the personnel you bring in and out ultimately. But yeah, you are right. Lewington's being exposed and that's been a common theme for years um, in terms of teams targeting him, uh, especially with you know, tricky wingers like Raksaki, but uh, I don't, it's it's hard for Jackson because as you mentioned, he can prepare for so many, so many situations, but ultimately if the players aren't going to execute his game plan or aren't willing to give 100% in the game, then what else can you do? Yeah. And I think another, you know, just to sort of back that up and just show that I'm not just slagging Dean off because I hate him. <laughs> I absolutely love him. You know, he was dribbled past three times in that Fleetwood game. Um, he was dribbled past once in the Charlton game and twice in the um, in the game previous to Cheltenham games. So six times in three games. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you consider someone, you know, you hear the stats about certain Premier League defenders that went a whole season without being dribbled past once. I think you can, you know, it's a slightly different position, I know, because it's a wide centre-back, but um, just something I've noticed in the last few games and especially, you know, in chances that are being created against us. And like you said, I think, you know, that's those three games have come since Harvey's been injured. Yeah. And I'm not doubting what Lewington can do in possession because I think that so many of the moves that were started off by him when we were actually breaking through Fleetwood, and I don't think that is a question, that he was the route, you know, he was one of the main key influences in getting us up the pitch. Um as was Tucker, as was another person who I'm going to come on to shortly. Um, but yeah, I think it's just just something to note that oh, it, that's an area we maybe need to be wary. And could it be that potentially Watson can cover, um, 
Watson can go on the left and Lawrence comes in on the right, a bit more of a defensive solid option, potentially. Um, talking about talking of centre-backs, I mean, one of the reasons that we could probably say that we are a bit more strong was actually um, probably our highest performing player on Saturday. Um, it was uh, Moran O'Hara, the vice-captain. Uh, out of nowhere, he came back and it was really, really composed and quite, you know, a display of quite authority and and just quietly going about the biz- his business. And um, another thing I really noticed, Liam, was just how comfortable he was on the ball compared to what we've seen with, you know, in the past we've seen Tucker, who I think has drastically improved in that vein, um, and Stewart. And I think that it was a breath of fresh air having... Warren there, not just for his defensive abilities, um, and if anything, I'd say Tucker probably edges it defensively, but on the ball, um, I think he was a key contributor in actually that first sort of half, first half where we were con- consistently breaking through Fleetwood's press. Yeah, I mean, was touched the ball second most time in, in the Don's 11 on, on Saturday outside of Dean Livington, who we already spoke about previously, but yeah, I mean, from what I saw of the game, you know, really solid defensive performance and actually helped team build up also. So it's just a shame that um, we couldn't have someone like was potentially in that centre midfield role outside of a category who could do that also. Um, because I feel that would that would help Dean out loads in terms of his positioning. But yeah, to have was back and obviously allowing uh, Jack Tucker to go onto the right hand side also. But that's a pretty solid back three to be honest. I know I just said about Dean Lewis struggling, but on his day, he's a very good player. As we all know, um, so yeah, it's a shame that some injuries have happened and things like that. But not taking anything away from a returning player, it was who, yeah, was was all over that left hand side actually trying to support Dean on on the game, but also being that centre, being that sort of anchor at the back, and you know, trying to give the team a bit of spine. Really, um, obviously, the front line will do their own thing in terms of what they want to do, and they're all creative uh, individuals themselves, but. Having that stretch at the back with Was and JT, and if and if Dean can pick up pick up his performances back with Jamie coming in goal, you'd like to think that that back four or three centre backs and the goalkeeper can get get you some results. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they do. Well, it's three out of four from the back four that got us to where we nearly got to last season. Exactly. So um, yeah, um, I think we're going to if, if, unless you've got anything else to add, Liam. On the Fleetwood um, game? Not overly. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it in the last couple of games, but yeah, it was just a bit of a disappointing performance that you'd like to see me get something from. But yeah, overall, um, yeah, it's one, I think it's one to forget and move on to our final home game of the season and, of course, Burton. Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll be back in a moment to oh, talk about what is coming up in what is going to be the biggest probably eight days in the in the club's history for a good few years. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So um, we uh, are recording this on a Wednesday evening. And so we've seen the results from the Tuesday night fixtures. And I think it's very apparent that there have been some some very big winners and some very big losers in those games. The big winner, Oxford United, um, who now jump above us uh, by one point. So the low down on the table as it stands, are uh, so going from 19th down to 24th. Oxford, 44. Milton Keynes-Dons, 43. And then you've got the relegation zone. So this is where we need to be above. Morecambe, 41. Accrington, 41. Cambridge. And now this one is crucial. They may be on 40 points, but they have a game in hand. And, um, I mean, Forest Green relegated about six months ago. So um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, we can leave those on. At least there's someone we're better than in the league. Um, now, I guess the key thing and the key reason why so many people are worried, Liam, is the fact that the Cambridge are the one, really, that I think people are, to be quite frank, crapping themselves over. Yes. And Cambridge's games uh, include Burton, Accrington and Forest Green. Forest Green have won one game in 24. Um, so I th- I'd say that's yeah, that's potentially something to be concerned about. Um, Morecambe, who are one one, uh, one place behind us, uh, with two points behind, they have Lincoln at home and extra away. Accrington have Cambridge United at home and Oxford United away, um, and then we have Cambridge again, who I've already said. Oxford they also play Forest Green, and so I think this is why I'm kind of discounting Oxford from the conversation. Um, so essentially, there's one place where everyone is trying to get to, and we're currently in that place, Liam. How do you rate our chances? Oh, it gives me so much dread. This, this looking at this table now, I'm I'm so nervous. I really am. Um, every person I speak to, I'm kind of like, I really think it's a coin flip now. Um, and you know, if you if you believe analytical models, you know, they say we've got a 44 percent chance to get relegated, so they're giving us about well, 56 uh, chance of staying up, which. I guess. I mean, obviously, we we are the team with the advantage, I suppose, because we have the points of everyone else, and you want points over games always. And um, the goal difference, crucially. And the goal difference, of course, which, yeah. Which is worth, unless Cambridge United decide to score seven, get a plus seven goal difference in their next uh, three games, we should be fine with all those teams on goal difference. Yeah, I, I think... I, I look, I've been saying I'm looking at this table for a, since pretty much this morning, and I do think that what a day you've had. <laughs> I know, I know, literally. Well, I was stuck in traffic in Manchester all day. It's not much else to do, really. Um, so you just thought my life is already going really badly, so I just need to just pour it on. <laughs> well, I had well, I, to be fair, I thought you know I got I got to come into this with a clear mindset. I think what do we actually need from these two games? And I think it is four points. I think we have to get four points because. Let me, I think it's fair to say that Cambridge could realistically get six points in these these last three games. I think that's fair. So that would put them currently three points above us, say they've played 46. So we have to beat one of Barnsley or Burton to obviously go both of them on goal difference and stay up. Um, I've been 
I was fairly bullish on Morecambe staying up. Obviously, with how it's all played out, I think they could get fairly un- unlucky in all this. Obviously, if they win both games, they'll stay up at 47, more than likely, because, spoiler alert, I don't see Don's getting six points. Um, oh, Liam, you've just ruined the previews now, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, but I, as I said, yeah, I, I do think it's a coin flip. I really do. Um, I'm, I'm not writing off Saturday, but... If we get anything from Saturday, that is absolutely massive. Um, I don't really care that Barnsley have got nothing to play for after losing to Ipswich um, on on midweek um, on yesterday evening. Um, because just for context, they're on eighty five points. Ipswich are now on ninety four, so they're basically guaranteed to be in the playoffs. So all they're really fighting for is third or fourth. Which I mean, I, does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? I don't really think it does. So. And obviously, for context, also Burson are on 16-16 with 52 points. So they're pretty cosy there. But uh, I don't I don't believe in a nothing-to-play-for situation, um, particularly in Barnsley's case. They've obviously got playoffs to look forward to. They're going to need to be in good form. Um, and, you know, Burton, whilst conceding 78 goals this season, uh, are a pretty good team that we've often had a, a bad record against. So I... If you if you're gonna put a gun to my head, I would say that we would get shoot me. <laughs> yeah, literally shoot me. Um, but if it, if it like a uh, if it blanks, I reckon we'll get three points and finish twenty first. So that would mean that we just slip over dotted under the dotted dotted line. Yeah, it'd be very close though. Well, I mean, I guess after that sort of setting the tone, should we? maybe delve into more about why Barnsley, I will mean, why we are so potentially pessimistic um, about our chances. Yes, yes, go for it. I mean, and first of all, let's look at Barnsley. Um, They are quite good. As you said, 85 points. Um, I think we potentially had one of our worst performances in the season when we went up there. Um, We lost 3-1. I I left in the 65th minute or something. It was absolutely (laughs) peeing it down. And I was able to get the earlier train back from Sheffield. So, um, yes, that was a lovely day in Yorkshire. Um, going on to Ips, on to Barnsley, I beg your pardon. So they played, as you say, they lost to Ipswich um, on Saturday, on t- Tuesday night, which means that their automatic promotion hopes are ultimately over. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I've seen people talk about how that could potentially play into our hands. Um, they're going to want to be, you know, potentially not risking any players or resting players. Um, yeah, I do see it. But at the same time, you know, after losing a game like that, you're probably going to want your players full of confidence going into the playoffs. So why wouldn't you just be playing your players? And I think one thing with Barnsley is they have options. They really do have options. Um, they normally play a three-at-the-back formation. And we saw... Um, Nicky Cadden and I think especially the my man of the match for when we played Barnsley was Jordan Williams the right wing back and he's got um, quite a few goal contributions this season um, in midfield they're really dynamic they've got Herbie Kane and Adam Phillips um, a young lad Luke Connell who's um, I think a lot of people will say he, he really should actually be up there for being in that team of the season in League One um, and he, he actually got rested <laughs> on Tuesday night which is fantastic um, they had um, a youngster in um, uh, Tedich uh, on loan from, I believe it was, do you, do you know where he's on loan from? Uh, let me find out for you. Yeah. Um, I'll try. 
E. Uh, Man City. Oh, right. So yeah. Oh yeah, the Man City. Yeah, the <laughs> so, City group, so, of course. Yeah. yeah. So he's from Man on loan from Man City, and he scored was it a hat trick at the weekend or two? That was two. I think, yeah. At the yeah, and so you know they've got him, which then actually means that they can rotate Devante Cole and um, James Norwood, who have been featuring up top all season. So they have a real, real depth of options. And you know, to be fair to them, they pretty much went toe to toe with Ipswich last night. But Ipswich had their, you know, Connor Chaplin, who's in my eyes probably the player of the season, um, George Hurst, who was on loan in the Championship, and then Nathan Broadhead, who they brought from. I think it was Everton for like over a million or maybe even two million. So, you know, those are the sorts of, it was just the quality um, cost Barnsley in the end. Um, but, you know, I can't progress from that against Ipswich. I think we all know how good Ipswich are. So, yeah, Barnsley can attack us in all areas. They've got Adam Phillips in the middle of the pitch who's just been pulling the strings all season. But if you want to focus on the middle of the pitch, you're going to leave two, probably the best well, bar, bar Ipswich's and maybe Sheffield Wednesday's wing-back combination, probably the best wing-back combination in the league, um, in Nicky Cadden and Jordan Williams. And I, I struggled to see where we can get this team because, you know, Michael Duffy came in and he focused first on making them solid. But my word, their attacking play has been quite something in the last sort of six to eight weeks where actually they had an outside chance of actually getting autos which is quite stunning when you consider the form of the other teams up there so um, Liam have I missed anything or any any cracks in the armour um, where you think feel we may have a chance honestly I, I can't see many unfortunately um, they obviously they score a lot of goals I think 76 for the season they don't really concede many from the, a date perspective or in like actual real life in terms of actually on, on the pitch. Um they're they're a pretty fast and direct team, so probably not what we want to hear really, um, with how we've been playing recently against those type of teams. Um and yeah, they they, they like to uh they like to dominate the ball. So as you can imagine with a team like that, they'll let you let you have the ball in the less dangerous areas and just press you um and take the ball off you pretty much. It's it's gonna be a bit of a I think for me a bit of a flat track bully game that I do struggle to see Don's competing just based on what I've seen recently. And the fact that they they pretty much match his formation. They, they sit one, they sit John Russell a bit deeper compared to um say maybe like someone like a Kaikai for us is a bit more of like a 10, for example. But yeah, I mean, when like you've got you've got five players on double digits in terms of goals and assists this season, and then you've got like another two, sorry, another three on eight or nine, like it's it's a pretty impressive team and I think a bit like they really, as I said, Joe, they probably should be a bit higher in the league in terms of where they are right now in terms of points. But it's a it's a pretty impressive team, recruited really well in the summer, done us over once this season already, um, and I think they're going to be out for blood on Saturday, to be honest. And um, I mean, if that wasn't enough already, um, I've just I just remembered as well that they have. Um, I mentioned their forward options, and I missed out Max Waters, and as an ex-Don, yeah, obviously. He is going to be scoring against us and probably celebrating in front of block 11 and we're all going to be really angry. And oh, I mean, Can't wait. I, 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 there is some positive... Actually, Liam, I have some positive news in regards to Saturday. The fan village is back. The fan village is back. <laughs> a new and improved fan village. Um, so if you were expecting more than an ice cream van and some £9 loaded fries... Um, what what they got for us this time, Liam? 
Have you got I it? I believe up? it's um, it's a Thai place, isn't it? Uh, we've got some. Well, no, it's Greek, I think. Gyros. Oh, was it Greek? Oh, okay. Um, and also the music, as they've advised, the music will be changed. Um, oh, I quite so like Simon Tuck. He was all right. If you didn't like the twelve-year-old disco tunes, um, then yeah, come along. I don't know what they mean by football-themed music, though, Liam. Is it going to be sort some, of like uh, some Green Street tunes, or, or is it going to be like you know some Don's Chance blasted out? Well, because I'm fire blasting out through the speakers for half an hour. Yeah, or free from desire potentially. Yeah, very, um, I dare say that this is potentially going to be overrun by the Barnsley fans, or maybe that's why they've moved it. Actually, it's now gate seven. Oh, is it? Okay, interesting. So they've moved it to gate seven actually. So that's potentially just because if it's right but next to the away end, chances are. It will be <laughs> good fun. Um, I'd imagine uh, Barnsley probably bringing down a few as well. I haven't seen any. Yeah, that's the way again the season for them, right? Yeah, so they'll bring quite a few. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be having a great old party and everything as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you want to get on to Burton now? Yeah, well? I mean, uh, to be honest, the, the story for Burton, I mean, they're, they're, they're a fairly similar team to Barnsley, scarily enough. Like, the only real caveat that I've found that Barnsley don't really do is that as you can see from if you go to any sort of league table and see the amount of goals that Burton exceed this season over the season they average the highest number of uh, expected goals against so and they can see the 64 goals a season but they, they top the league on 48.67 expected goals conceded so I think it's fair to say that Dons will get chances in this game well they should do if they don't then bloody hell we're in trouble yeah, I, I, I mean, just that. Yeah, I, I just jumping on that point as well. That was under a lot of them were conceded under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, and they were pretty exactly, much adrift yeah. at the start of the season. I've, I, I can't remember the exact date that Jimmy Floyd got sacked, but I've just put in on the um, on this um, league table the first of October to the current day. Burton are ninth in that table. They're ninth. Beats some decent team as well. And actually, you look at some of their players, you think, oh, God, yeah, they've got some lively players there. And they've got as well, which I just think is not ideal because you know these players aren't going to throw it in. They've got the likes of, you know, John Brayford at the back, Oshalaja, who's just honestly, he's one of the most nasty players I've ever seen. Like, he's a centre back and he plays in central midfield. Like, <laughs> that is what he is. Um, and I think they're going to be, they're no way are they going to be like, oh, yeah. Let's throw it in, lads. They're going to be like relishing the chance to ruin someone's day and send home a thousand plus MK Dons fans crying. And, you know, they are, they're, they're pretty much since Dino Mamre has come in, and they've actually got a proper manager in it instead of someone who likes to do punditry the day before Burton Albion have got a game. <laughs> um, it's 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 quite you know it's really impressive and one of the most underrated jobs actually because I didn't realise until I heard you know I heard about this on a podcast and I was like oh what no no surely not and yes sure enough you know they're they're the only teams that are better than them are Wickham Peterborough Bolton Derby Barnsley Sheffield Wednesday Plymouth Ipswich in since October so you know and that's thirty three games so it's not just yeah. you know it's not it's it's a, it's over. It's about three quarters of the season, over three quarters of the season. So. Yeah, and like if you go more recent, you mentioned some of the teams there. Like the, the last couple of home games, they've, they've beaten like some of those teams. Like they, they beat Wickham. Okay, okay, they lost oh, to Peterborough. Yeah. Uh, they beat Barnsley at home. They beat Sheffield Wednesday at home. Uh, they drew to Bolton at home, and then 
obviously got they got Cambridge at home and us at home um to end the season. So they beat they're beating good teams. They're beating teams way better than us. Do not be fooled by their league position. I think that's the key thing for me here. That their league position is very deceiving because I'm I'm just actually gonna look now. So until the first of October they'd played ten games and they'd picked up four points. So they're essentially playing at playing catch up for that. And in that time since since the uh, since the first ten games, I think they've gained fifteen more points than us, or something ridiculous like that. You know, so fifteen, sixteen more points than us. Um, so it, even though they may only be a few ahead of us, that gap. You know, we were we were six ahead when when October uh, came around, and uh, now they're quite a few ahead of us. So they're no mugs at all. And I think as well, especially at home. Even last season, we went there, and. <laughs> Let me tell you now, they're, they're they're quite happy for you to pass it around the back 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 three, and it took a Scott Twine wonder strike to get, actually get us the win there. But in that game itself, Burton could have had two, three, four goals. They are relentless at creating chances because they are direct as hell, and that is no by no means a um, a dig because it's it's, it's getting some results. Dino Memory is probably the scariest man in League One. <laughs> um, I think, you know, so maybe the Burton players, they're just scared of him if they do put in a bad performance. Yeah, so as I say, no, I don't think there's any way they'll be letting up, even though I think their safety was actually confirmed on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, so, so they'll yeah, tweet about the, that. Yeah, they're not going to be on the beach. Um, they're definitely not going to be on the beach. Um, yeah. we, but I fear, uh... that, I fear that someone may be drowning that day. Um, and that may be us, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I wish, I guess, I wish I could be more positive, Liam. But I guess we're just setting out the landscape of how we see it. And I think, you know, I'm not definitively coming out and saying we can be, we're going to be relegated. But I do think that, you know, something has to. We, we're going to have to put in two, um, like two of our performances in the season if we've got any chance of staying up, in my opinion, or getting very lucky and hope that Forest Green turned into Barcelona. Well, I mean, in many ways, Burton could do us a favour of beating Cambridge and then just not do it against us. But, I mean, chance that well, happening... Best team are... in the world, mate, as I said. Best team but, in the world. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it is very hard to be optimistic at this point. Um, I was nervous before Tuesday night, and now I'm very nervous about it all. Um, and, I, 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 yeah, I'm... I've been pretty convinced that one of these teams is going to come back and just make a run. It looks like it could be Morecambe. Surprise, surprise. The team that we kind of said that would potentially get a run together because of Cole Stockton and get some results. They've got two already. They could get three. They could get the last two against, you know, I think Exeter had their off days and Lincoln aren't exactly, whilst they're 10th, I wouldn't say they're an amazing team personally. So who knows? I mean, it, all I do know is that I've been on that eight eight twenty train or eight thirty train, whatever it is to Burton, and and praying that we we get three points. I think as well, Liam. Um, one you mentioned there, Cambridge and, and Morecambe. One key feature of them is is the the, the key man has turned up. You've Sam Smith Absolutely. six and six for Cambridge, and Stockton has come out from the abyss, and he's uh, he scored two goals against Charlton. And this is the Morecambe who um, was it Dave we had on from the Morecambe. Um, yes, Dave. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he was saying how their away record is about as bad as our home record, wasn't it? So, um, <laughs> you know, if, for those of you that go to home games, you'll you, you know that that puts it into perspective a little bit. And I think that you know, 
we need one of our front three to take the ball by the horns and 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 we you know we need to go for it essentially we need someone to stand up and take a game by the scruff of the neck because as we said on Saturday you know we, we it wasn't as if we didn't have the opportunities or the spaces it was you know who was that person that was going to take up take it on themselves and actually you know clinch it and becoming clutch and we we just didn't see that and we, well I mean there's you know there's no more time to sort of you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know how much you can really even judge the last few performances moving forward. It's just, you know, these players need to grab it by the bollocks, essentially. That's the thing. Even when players hit it up, like, like, like Mo scoring two goals against Cheltenham, for example, we still can't hold the result. So it's even when we do get that performance from a player, like the team just doesn't hold it together, which is a really, really worrying sign heading into, as you say, looking at other teams around us doing that. Um, and you have to just hope that it happens again and they just keep it together. Yeah, and and I think as well, you know, people will talk about recent results because obviously, you know, these are the ones that have happened most recently, and especially you know throwing away that lead against Cheltenham. But you know, you've got to remember that that David, Jamie coming actually makes a brilliant save, absolutely, which is then you know followed up um, by Alfie Main in you know, and it's just heartbreaking. But you know, where this season's been lost is the games like Exeter and Shrewsbury at home, where. You know, uh, extra had four shots against. I think it was fifty. We had fifteen shots and extra had four, and they won two nil. Um, Shrewsbury we battered. Well, not not battered, but we had the better of the game against Shrewsbury, and a mistake in the ninetieth minute gives them the win. Fleetwood we battered Fleetwood at home. They score under Worldy in the ninetieth minute. Uh, you could say the same. Uh, Burton Albion at home again. We were by far the better team we gave away a silly penalty and drew that game. Those four games there, we were the better team in all of them and we came away with two points. You know, that, that's that's where we've been lo- losing it this season. Um, and so I just, it's, it's not net just, it's not the recent form that's got us where we are because actually if you look at form, you know, and in terms of, you know, I think like the last 10 games or the last 15 games or the last 20 games, we're, we're like, we're not, look, don't get me wrong, we're not, we're not up there but we're not actually like in the bottom four. We're not. We haven't been like the worst team for half, the half of the season. But those points thrown away in the first half of the season, especially at home, you know, Wickham were crap against us at home. But they score a volley from outside the box. Oxford at home, you know, th- this is the sort of thing where we've just been getting so unlucky. And it's not this, you know, you got to remember we went, you know, we lost one game in. I think it was one game in nine we lost. Okay, there was five draws in that, but we didn't just throw it in. You know that is that's for the team that's down there to lose one in nine before the Charlton and the Fleetwood game, and even those games were only by a single goal. We we we've been in every game for the last sort of sort of since January really. Well, well, no, no, Sheffield Wednesday was February <laughs> since pretty much since since Sheffield Wednesday, right? We've lost four games in. What's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We lost four games and they've all been one now. And fine margins. That's what it is. It's fine margins. And I think it's just that that quality that is going to be needed to just tip us over the edge. And I just hope someone can stand up and, and provide that. Um any more rousing speeches for us, Liam, before we sign off? I don't think so, mate. Um, 
this please for the love of God get three points somewhere. Because I think that that's because that could be all we need. Maybe I say I say four, but three could do it realistically. If it's if it's a convincing three point uh, three points at Burton, for example, that could be enough. But I I don't know. I'm gonna need a few beers on Saturday for me to get through it, mate. I, I'm not too sure I'm gonna cope with this one. Uh, is it this? Do you mean this Saturday or this? Because I just, uh, just both, like to, to be remind, honest with you, yeah, yeah both. But yeah. this this to go this Saturday first. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, I hope it's not next Saturday because then you'll be hungover waking up for Sunday when the actual Burton game is. Um, so just um, to re- remind people as well. Got, um, I've got a few for the king. Come on. Yeah. Well. Well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> over eight hundred people have um, have already bought their tickets for Burton Albion. Yeah. Um, brilliant. I think we. I think we can have an allocation of up to seven up to seventeen hundred. But don't delay. Get your tickets in. Um, I think the lads. Yeah. No matter what, we we we've got to do our part now, and you know, even if it's us dragging them over the line, we, we you know we're all in this together at the end of the day, um, and I think we just need to do what we can now. Hope hope for the best, you know, whether or not we're positive or not. We can, I think, making it as positive as an atmosphere as possible is all we can do uh, from our end, isn't it? So um, yeah, I'm sorry it wasn't the most positive of pods today, guys. Um, but don't blame us. <laughs> blame, blame, blame some other people for that one, um, which I'm sure we will be getting into in the. Uh, I mean, I think after this season's finished, no matter what happens, Liam, we need a little bit of a break, and then we can start maybe breaking some things down in more yeah, detail. Yeah, absolutely. This we've, we've, uh, we've got some exciting plans for the summer. Um, and I mean, Joe, I want to talk about some more stuff also. But yeah, I think once Burton's over, we'll uh, <laughs> might take a few weeks off. <laughs> Just to calm ourselves down. Yeah. And hopefully it's back we'll move to Siberia. Yeah, literally. But yeah, no, thanks thanks again everyone for listening. And um yeah, hopefully hopefully we can do it and hopefully we're uh, we're talking about League One next season in the in the near future. So thanks again and come on you dogs. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.